Hey, what's up, Gospel Community Church? Uh, I hope you tuned in yesterday and listened to um, just to the beginning of some things that I went through on Sunday sermon. So we're gonna jump in uh, tomorrow. I'll be gone. I gotta travel for work, so we'll get back into it Friday morning and hopefully be able to finish up, kind of cover what I went over in Romans chapter two, verses one through four. So if you haven't listened to that, go back. Listen to it yesterday in, in, in whatever platform you like to listen to podcasts on or check it out here on the Facebook page. So we're going to dive back into Romans 2, 1, verse through 4, verses 1 through 4, sorry. And um, as I read it, I'm just going to read this one time, but like we did yesterday, I read it twice, but just really listen to the words, soak in the words, and, and get an idea of what kind of what I talked about yesterday. So here we go, Romans 2, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? This is God's word. So yesterday we talked about uh, kind of the John MacArthur saga and, and some struggles that I'm having in that and just, you know, wanted to open up and be vulnerable to you guys and and just close with, you know, where, where are we sitting at on our throne in, in judgment and what are we doing to pass judgment? Um, so before, we're, we're going to get back into that, but a quick recap of what we've covered in the book of Romans so far. Um, if you just watch this on your Facebook page or listen on the podcast, thank you for tuning in. Um, we've been going through the book of Romans. So, so far, what's happened? So we had the greeting, Paul, I long to be with you. Um, Paul goes through what God has done in Christ, and then he gets into God's wrath on the unrighteous. And I, I don't know what it was like if, if you saw or listened to Pastor Tony's sermon last week. At the end of Romans chapter 1, he begins laying out all these different sins that, that the ungodly or the unrighteous are committing and he's walking through and going through all that and going through all that and I can just imagine the, the the church in Rome reading this letter as Phoebe was reading the letter to them and and they're kind of pointing that finger of blame of judgment and like as he's walking through talking about insolent haughty gossips slander gossips slanders and then they get to that word therefore in verse 1 of chapter 2 therefore what is the therefore therefore whenever i see a therefore that's what i dive into that's what i meditate on why is this therefore there what is the therefore therefore and it's this contrast statement it's it's almost like a cause and effect statement and something else is going to be talked about now the the, the tables the, the tide has turned and you know as michael scott would say how how the turn tables have turned if you're an office fan that's michael scott for you anyways so we get this cause and effect. What is the therefore, therefore? And he's turning, and rather than pointing the finger, he's saying, yo, you guys are committing the same things. And so, and understand that, like, these are real people that, that were in the Roman church. They're not just characters in the Bible. They were having real encounters with Jesus, and that they want they want people to have encounters with Jesus and much the same to us as we read this we understand like that we are having encounters with Jesus through God's Word and we want other people to have encounters with Jesus and here Paul is making the case he begins in the book of Romans making the case that God doesn't care for sin 
God doesn't care for our sin. And um, so that's kind of where we're at. And he's showing like what other people's sin has been, but now he's bringing it home like, therefore. And it, you who pass judgment. And I think something that's, um, I don't know, I can't remember if I mentioned this yesterday, but we often hear like, as a Christian, Jesus says not to judge. Well, that's not true. So we're going to open up to Matthew 16, 27. I should have had my Bible ready this morning, but I don't. Sorry. Matthew 16, 27. 16. I might have the wrong. Oh, I'm in the wrong book. Sixteen twenty-seven. Let me get a drink here. For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person person according to what he has done. What's that sound like? All right. Let's turn to John seven twenty-four. Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Hmm. So Jesus teaches on judging. And what I think we miss the mark is that when, when I become judgmental and quit just judging right from wrong, when I miss the mark, I, I become judgmental and I forget that my stuff stinks too. I forget of my sins. I forget of my ugliness. I forget that I came from a place that was really dark and ugly. And I think that's when we take and, and turn the corner from judging and being judgmental. And here what the Apostle Paul is saying to the church in Rome, those of you who are in faith, watch yourself. Those of you who are outside of the faith, watch yourself. And then if you're listening, if you're sitting here, like that same message applies. If you're sitting here listening, if you're watching this on Facebook, whatever means it is that you're doing this, watch yourself. The playing field has been leveled. You gotta chiggity check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? So watch yourself. The playing field has been level. And, and even so, like I, I wanna read another example of of, of this you who pass judgment. And it's out of the Old Testament. It's Second Samuel. And it's uh, 12, 1 through 6. This is right after King David. If you don't know who King David is, um, he was the anointed king. Um, he was the one that defeated uh, Goliath. And here we have, uh, it's right after David takes Bathsheba as his wife. <coughs> Whew, excuse me. Right after David takes his wife, uh, or right after David takes Bathsheba and, and lays with her, and he commits his sin, he sees her uh, on the rooftop, he decides to take her for his own, he brings her in, he sleeps with her, and then uh, he realizes that he did her wrong, and she's a married woman, and so what he does is he goes and gets her husband, puts him on the front lines of battle, and he gets killed. And, and so then Nathan, uh, he comes and 
he, he rebukes David. So here we're going to pick up in the story. And the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him, and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought, and he brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest who would come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who would come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. So what happens here is Nathan tells this story and uh, about like this this treachery, this this thing that happened, this this thievery, and David jumps to conclusion, and he says, uh, "This man that did this deserves to die." And Nathan responds in verse seven. I didn't I didn't read verse seven on purpose, but you are this man, and, and it's. In that uh, moment where I was talking about with, with John MacArthur and what I struggle with with that situation, what I see are pieces of me in him. And what I mean by this is, if you don't know me, I struggle with authority. When somebody tells me something to do, I want to do the opposite. I don't you know I'm wired that way I guess I don't know why but God created me that way for a reason but and I see that in John MacArthur his authority is from God he knows that but when somebody I just from my observation my perspective the way I see it and what sticks out to me and what I've learned from it is that there is a piece of me that I see in that and it's that struggle with authority and so I'll leave you with this this morning and uh, I'm going to let the music kind of play out again and, and I want you to spend some time in prayer and, and revealing and, and asking God to reveal those pieces of yourself that you see in others and, and why you stand in such harsh judgment of those people and, and being judgmental and spend some time in prayer spend some time in God's word and just really dive into what, what are those pieces of myself that I see in somebody that I struggle with and uh, I, I hope it brings some clarity and just shows you the measure of God's grace.